As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Wait till they get a load of me. I'm Spartacus! I'm Spartacus! I'm Batman. I am the father. I am Optimus Prime. My name is Bob. James Bob. It's a lion! It's a lion! It's a lion! Here's Johnny! Some men just want to watch the world burn. I'm only human, Harry! Talking movies with Brian Lataki. And here we go. Here's Brian Lataki. You can do it! Hello, friends, and welcome to Talking Movies. I'm Brian Lataki, and today we're taking a look at the ever expanding world of Spidey villains with Sony's Morbius. Michael, what have you done? I was trying to help people. But the cure. I have powers that can only be described as superhuman. But there's a cost. Now, I face a choice to hunt and consume blood or die. You will have monsters within us. It's up to us to control it. Biochemist Michael Morbius tries to cure himself of a rare blood disease, but he inadvertently infects himself with a form of vampirism instead. Written by the team of Matt Sazama and Burke Sharpless and directed by Daniel Espinoza, Morbius stars Jared Leto as Michael Morbius, Matt Smith as Milo, Adria Arjona as Martine Bancroft, Jared Harris as Dr. Emil Nichols, and features Tyrese Gibson, Al Madrigal, and Michael Keaton. Morbius was originally supposed to release all the way back in July of 2020. It then went through a number of release date changes, reshoots, and finally released just this past weekend to lukewarm reviews. The story itself is pretty standard for an anti-hero origin story, with a failed experiment and a ticking time bomb of a gift. Acting-wise, it's what I've come to expect from Jared Leto. He plays a version of himself, warranting very little prosthesis or makeup, but a ton of CGI. And that doesn't necessarily make it bad, but I did have some anatomical issues with some of the vampires' faces. Matt Smith was exceptional and stole the show the majority of the time that he was on the screen, while the supporting team helped out where they could. Visually, this movie is dark as all hell. With the speed that Morbius can move and his smoky flying animation taking up a pretty big portion of this 104-minute runtime, after a while you're begging for an unlegible CGI fight scene. The pacing in this movie is also very strange, with timelines being given at the beginning, and then repeated time jumps to catch us up to modern day. What Morbius tried to do and does an okay job of is creating a sympathetic monster. With Jared Leto not needing to method act this movie, he does a pretty good job at making the audience empathize with him. When he does unleash the inner vampire, you want him to be good and protect those that he loves. But the predictable storyline and obvious foreshadowing leaves very little to be surprised by. Now what this movie did get right is its post credit scene. They're absolutely worth checking out, even though, again, like previous reviews I've done, some of this was teased during early trailers. Now that said, this movie was supposed to release before a certain spider met some other spiders, so the reshoot and re-edits may have changed what we would have originally seen. As for the cut that I watched, it's not necessarily a bad movie, but there's nothing special to make me rush out to want to see it again like the aforementioned spiders. I give Morbius a C. (laughs) 
Spring is here, so clean up your winter mop. The team at Swish Barbershop at 844 St. Mary's Road are ready to line you up and make you look your best. Walk-ins are welcome, or you can visit my barber by booking today at boybarbernick.com. I've just been handed an urgent news story. Cannonball! Let's get into movie news you can use, and let's just start it off with the Oscar stuff and get it out of the way. <laughs> oh, wow! Wow! The big winners were Coda winning Best Picture, Jane Campion winning the Directing Award for Power of the Dog, while Will Smith won for King Richard, and Troy Kotzer won for Coda, marking the first time that a male deaf actor has won an Academy Award. Jessica Chastain won for Leading Role in the Eyes of Tammy Faye, while Ariana DeBose won for Supporting Role in West Side Story. Dune, meanwhile, brought home the most awards that included production, design, sound, and visual effects. And then all hell broke loose. It's no longer breaking news that Will Smith stormed the stage and slapped the shit out of Chris Rock as per Chris Rock. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. But the fallout continues. According to the Academy Board of Governors, Will Smith was asked to leave the Oscar ceremony, but refused to leave his seat. It was announced that an investigation would take place, but no criminal charges would be filed. Shortly after, Will Smith resigned from the Academy in the wake of the controversy. Now, this doesn't mean much. It really only means that Will Smith will no longer be able to vote for the Oscars, but he could still be nominated for future roles and attend future ceremonies. Because of the slap, though, Chris Rock has seen a huge spike in ticket sales for his upcoming comedy tour. According to the ticket resale site TickPick, more tickets were sold overnight for the upcoming Chris Rock tour than past months combined. Chris Rock hasn't spoken specifically about the event, but did state during a comedy tour over the weekend that he did have a very busy week. Meanwhile, for Will Smith, The Hollywood Reporter is currently stating that the follow-up to Bad Boys for Life, simply titled Bad Boys 4 right now, has been put on hiatus. What happened to Bad Boys for Life? Yeah, for life, it's off. You died. The project was greenlit soon after Bad Boys for Life scored in January of 2020 before COVID-19 shuttered theaters, but the slap has left everything in limbo. Will Smith's next project is an Apple TV film titled Emancipation that's directed by Antoine Fuqua that's set for release later this year. Apple bought the project for a staggering $130 million, and it's expected to be in the line for an Oscar next year. The film focuses on a runaway slave that forges through the swamps of Louisiana on a torturous journey to escape plan owners that nearly killed him. Jim Carrey was one of the first actors that spoke out about the slap. Striking another human being is wrong. You know, that initial terrible feeling that, uh, that it uh, elicited, uh, you know, stuck with me for a day. You know, I, I was saddened by it. Chris Rock is one of the sweetest, loveliest people I know. Uh, he is infinitely uh, kind and uh, supportive. If there's anyone who like is constantly telling me my value to the world, it's Chris. Coupled with one of the great, great intellects ever to do the game. You know, he, he, he truly is a genius on his feet and, uh, and an alchemist. And uh, he's really uh, a beautiful treasure and so I hated to see him go through that. During a recent interview with Access Hollywood, Carrie was asked about comments made by Dolly Parton in which the country superstar said she'd like him to play her former music partner, Porter Wagner, in an upcoming biopic. That's a it? lovely thing. Yeah. A lovely thing. Well, I'm retiring, but... No. Uh, yeah, probably. Are you being serious or are you screwing with me? I'm, I'm being fairly serious, yeah. 
Yeah. Really? I, I really like my quiet life and I really love putting paint on canvas and I really love uh, my spiritual life. And, uh, and uh, I feel like, and this is something you might never hear another celebrity say as long as time exists. I have enough. I've done enough. I am enough. Carrie's next picture releases this upcoming weekend and is Sonic the Hedgehog 2. All right, that's enough of that. Let's move into other upcoming projects. I see you've made your decision. Now let's see you enforce it. The Hollywood Reporter is currently stating that the Crow reboot is back in action and that Bill Skarsgård is set to play Eric Draven. The Crow was a gothic superhero comic book series that followed an undead rocker named Eric Draven. In the comic, his fiancée Shelley is assaulted and murdered in front of him and Eric is shot and left for dead. After being resurrected by a crow, Eric uses his supernatural abilities to hunt and kill those responsible for his eternal pain. The comic was first adapted into the big screen in 1994 with actor Brandon Lee starring as Eric, but sadly he passed away due to an onset accident. A number of sequels were created in a TV series as well that followed the film, but none were able to capture the success of the original project. According to The Wrap, Sharon Stone is in final talks to play the villain in the upcoming Blue Beetle movie. Stone would play Victoria Court, who is said to be a new character created just for the movie. Blue Beetle will star Sholo Merduena from Cobra Kai as the leading role of Jamie Reyes with George Lopez, Adriana Barraza, Alpita Carrillo, Damian Alcazar, and more joining him. Deadline is reporting that Eddie Murphy is in early talks to play godfather of funk George Clinton in an upcoming biopic. The movie will tell the story of the iconic musician's humble beginnings in North Carolina in the 40s, to the formation of his groundbreaking band George Clinton and the Parliament Funkadelic, and ultimately to becoming a musical influence on artists of the hip-hop generation, including Tupac Shakur, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Ice Cube, Outkast, Wu-Tang, among many others. Secure Channel 7. 7 Secure. You do anything fun Saturday night? Well, all the guys from my barbershop quartet are dead, so... No, not really. Coming up on the drop zone, Cap. You know, if you ask Kristen out from statistics, she'd probably say yes. That's why I don't ask. Too shy or too scared? Avengers co-stars Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson are reuniting for a new project titled Project Artemis that is expected to be directed and co-executive produced by Jason Bateman. Apple has acquired the project for an impressive $100 million, which seems low when you compare it to the upcoming Will Smith project at $130 million, as well as the $200 million they shelled out for Matthew Vaughn's Argyle. Plot details are currently being kept under wraps, but the project is set to revolve around a space race. Rose Gilroy wrote the screenplay and is the daughter of writer-actor Dan Gilroy and actress Renee Russo. Director Catherine Bigelow has signed on for a project for Netflix titled Aurora. The project is based on the upcoming book by David Kep, best known for Jurassic Park, Mission Impossible, and Spider-Man. It follows the events of a solar storm that knocks out most of humanity's power grids and focuses on the personal story of a divorced mother who must now do everything she can to protect her teenage and her estranged brother, a wealthy Silicon Valley CEO who has built a luxurious bunker in the desert for just such a disaster. Netflix also acquired the distribution rights for The Kitchen, a dystopian thriller being produced and co-written by Daniel Kaluuya, the British actor who starred in Jordan Peele's Get Out and will next be seen in his upcoming project, Nope. The Kitchen is set in 2044 London, a future where the gap between rich and poor has been stretched to its limits. All forms of social housing have been eradicated and London's working class has been forced to live in temporary accommodation on the outskirts of the city. The project will follow Izzy, a resident who is desperately trying to find a way out, and 12-year-old Benji, who has lost his mother and is searching for a family as they battle to survive. Yellow Jacket star Ella Purnell has signed on to join Amazon Prime's 
upcoming Fallout television series. The series that's coming from Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy is based on the highly popular post-apocalyptic role-playing video game heavily influenced by 1950s post-war culture. While her role hasn't officially been announced, it's believed that she'll be playing the lead, referred to as Jean, a young woman with a can-do attitude who may be hiding a dangerous secret. Over at HBO Max, it was announced that the Game of Thrones prequel titled House of the Dragon will now premiere on HBO on August 21st of 2022. House of the Dragon is based on George R.R. Martin's novel Fire and Blood and is set 300 years before the events of Game of Thrones. It will chronicle the beginning of the end of the House Targaryen and is one of six Game of Thrones-related prequel projects that is currently in works at HBO. Warner Media is also working with HBO Max in order to develop an It prequel series that is currently titled Welcome to Dairy. Georgie, meet Pennywise. <laughs> now we aren't strangers, are we? An official synopsis has not been made available, but it is speculated right now that the project will follow the origin story of Pennywise the Clown, as well as the dawn of the 27-year curse that haunts the small main town. The project itself has not been greenlit yet, but a writer's room has been assembled to brainstorm ideas. Over at Disney, Ewan McGregor announced over Twitter that the upcoming Obi-Wan Kenobi series will no longer release on Wednesday, May 25th, but instead has shifted two days later to Friday, May 27th. It was also announced that the first two episodes will be available on day one. Obi-Wan Kenobi is set 10 years after the events of Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, and we'll see Ewan McGregor returning as the titular character, as well as the return of Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader. Whoever you're looking for, it's not me. The Flash star Ezra Miller was arrested in Hilo, Hawaii after an incident at a bar, according to Deadline. According to the police, Miller was at a bar when they became agitated while patrons at the bar began singing karaoke. They then began yelling obscenities and at one point grabbed the microphone from a 23-year-old woman singing karaoke and later lunged at a 32-year-old man playing darts. I need friends. After the incident, Miller was arrested and charged with disorderly conduct and harassment. They were released after they posted a $500 bond. This isn't the first time that Miller's had a brush with the law, as back in 2020, footage appeared online that depicted them choking a woman in a bar in Iceland. This is also terrible timing, as Warner Brothers has Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, starring Ezra Miller, set to release in April. Miller also stars as Barry Allen in the upcoming The Flash movie, which is set to hit theaters on June 23rd of 2020. Miller was heavily featured at the Academy Awards last weekend when Zack Snyder's Justice League won the newly introduced Oscars cheer moment category for a sequence described as the Flash enters the Speed Force. This past weekend, Bruce Willis had announced that he'd be stepping away from acting after he was diagnosed with aphasia, a cognitive language-based condition affecting the ability to understand and express speech. Rumors regarding Willis's health have been circulating for a while, but it was only confirmed when his family released a letter confirming his diagnosis. The letter was signed by his children, his wife Emma, and his ex-wife Demi Moore. In the wake of his diagnosis, writer-director Kevin Smith apologized over Twitter, stating that he feels like an asshole over the comments he made more than a decade ago. In 2011, Smith appeared on Mark Maron's WTF podcast, complaining about Willis's attitude on set. Although he withheld the actor's name, Smith did say one guy wouldn't even sit for a fucking poster shoot. He went on to say everyone knows who it is. Put it this way, remember the really funny guy in the movie? 
movie, it ain't him. He's a fucking dream. Tracy Morgan, I would lay down in traffic for. Were it not for Tracy, I might have killed myself or someone else in the making of that movie. Meanwhile, the Razzies have also rescinded an award that they created, which was the worst performance by Bruce Willis in a 2021 movie. John Wilson and Mo Murphy, co-founders of the Razzies, said, quote, after much thought and consideration, the Razzies have made the decision to rescind the Razzie Award given to Bruce Willis due to his recently disclosed diagnosis. If someone's medical condition is a factor in their decision-making and or their performance, we acknowledge that this is not appropriate to give them a Razzie. In the same statement, they also took the opportunity to rescind Shelley Duvall's 1980 nomination for The Shining as well, saying, quote, as we recently mentioned in a Vulture interview, extenuating circumstances also apply to Shelley Duvall in The Shining. We have since discovered that Duvall's performance was impacted by Stanley Kubrick's treatment of her throughout the production. We would also like to take this opportunity to rescind her 1980 nomination as well. And finally, we end on sad news. Estelle Harris, the actress responsible for playing Estelle Costanza, George Costanza's mother on Seinfeld, and the voice of Mrs. Potato Head in Toy Story. You can't face the fact that I'm improving myself. You're not the only one improving yourself. I worked out with a dumbbell yesterday. I feel vigorous. Take your mail and go home. I have things to do. Has passed away from natural causes at the age of 93. That's it for this episode of Talking Movies. Follow me on social media at Talking Movies PC and download full-length episodes on all of your favorite podcast platforms. And as always, time to let go of what you used to be and discover who you're meant to be. 